0: You are listening to Venture Church Podcast. For more information, visit jointheventure.com or facebook.com slash jointheventure. We hope you enjoy. Wisdom. Wisdom. Today we're talking a little bit about wisdom and you know I've tried for the last several days to really come up with the best definition for wisdom and most people just kind of come up with anecdotes to explain what wisdom is and make it different than knowledge or information or somehow define wisdom but what I found in life is that it's really easy to define a word a lot of times by defining what it's not okay and so the opposite of wisdom is foolishness now foolishness I understand I can understand. I got so many stories of times when I was absolutely foolish. Uh, and I'll tell some more of myself in just a minute, but I want to start with a story about my brother and, uh, and some foolishness. Uh, we were kids, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and the police show up at my front door. Knock, knock, knock. Mom and dad wake up from a deep sleep. What is it? The police were there because my dad, my, my, my brother, had gone to a sleepover with some other guys. Right? And I guess they were bored, hanging out, playing video games, whatever it is they were doing. They are like, you know, I got an idea. This would be a great idea. Let's go outside. Not a bad idea. Then they looked across the neighbor's yard and they thought, hey, let's steal those bicycles from the neighbor's house. So they did. And they were like, yeah. So they rode them around the yard for a minute. And they were like, hey, I got a great idea. Let's ride these bicycles to Kmart. Which, you know, when you're in the middle of the night, where else you want to go? Kmart, apparently. And so they ride their bikes to Kmart. That was all right. You get to Kmart, and they think, you know, it's a little chilly out here. We should start a fire. Yeah, things started to get real. They find a pile of trash, and I don't know who, I mean, these are like sixth graders, but they have fire with them, and they light this trash on fire. I think it was mostly pizza boxes. Fire starts to burn, like, wow, this is sweet. And then one of the geniuses goes, hey, look over there's a construction site. See those porta-potties? Let's tip them over. Yeah. I mean, those things stink when they're standing upright. Things get dumped over. Hits while the police were at my parents' house at 3 o'clock in the morning. Because apparently someone had seen the fire, called the cops, picked up the kids, and took them each and individually to their own homes. And so, I mean, as the, the like aftermath of that comes, it's like, ah, oh, foolish. How foolish was that? And so they asked the kids, the cops did, and the parents did, like, what were you thinking? Like, why... Why'd you do that? Why'd you steal the bikes? Why'd you take them somewhere? Why'd you start the fire in a public place? Why'd you tip over the porta-potties? And this to a person, this is what their, their best explanation was. Oh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. I got a lot of stories that start like that. This seems like a good idea at the time. And then at the end, you're going, I was wrong. You, you with me? You ever had these moments where maybe you didn't like tip a porta-potty over at three o'clock in the morning at Kmart, but you did go, should have done that. Shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have done that. Seemed like a good idea, but I shouldn't have done that. We've all had moments of foolishness. And the thing is, if we're smart, if we're wise, we can learn from our mistakes. The question is, how do we prevent foolishness in the first place? Like, how do we avoid the big idiot decision of going out and doing these things like this? Or, or maybe maybe not something on that scale of, of like, complete uh, vandalism but just bad decisions, bad relationship decisions, bad life decisions, bad financial decisions, bad spiritual decisions. How do we avoid that? We're starting this teaching series today called Hashtag Wisdom. Hashtag Wisdom. Because I believe that there is some wisdom that we can find in the Bible. I believe there's lots of it. God's a big fan of it. We could call it uh, probably Hashtag Don't Be an Idiot. Like that would be bright an, an, an equally good title. Because here's the thing. You're either being wise... Or you're being foolish. Those are really the, the, the dichotomy that all decisions are broken into. There is kind of a gray area sometimes in the middle. But if we can seek what is wise, we can do what is best. Hashtag wisdom. Right now, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, the volunteers that are ready in the back, if you want to do this. Uh, I, got, I got something for you this week. I was looking online. Did you know uh, there's a universal symbol for wisdom? I don't know if you knew this, but I think it's a universal symbol for wisdom. It is the fortune cookie. You ever been to a Chinese restaurant, got the fortune cookie? Right now, we got some volunteers coming around with some buckets full of fortune cookies for you. If you would, take a basket, take a bucket, pass it down the row, and uh, get a fortune cookie. These are fortune cookies that we have made especially for this series. And uh, it turns out there's a a thing called myluckyfortune.com. I don't recommend going to websites like that often, but, but it's one you can apparently get fortune cookies from. Do me a favor, don't open them just yet, but you totally can. I remember when I was a kid going to church with my grandma, and there was this lady that sat on the front row. She was like 186 years old. And right in the middle of the sermon, she would break out. Um, she would break out like a, like a mint or something, or a cough drop. And I don't know how she opened it so loudly and for so long. But everyone, in the whole building's like, just open it, just just rip it open, just put it, just open it. So we're going to all open them together in just a second. Um, as they pass these out, you know, when you read through the Bible, you see that wisdom is something that God places a really high value on. Because by making wise choices, we also are most likely to make the choices that honor Him and choices that can help us to be most godly when you look in the new testament of the bible there's this great verse in the book of james uh it's james chapter one verse five and it says this if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask god who gives generally to all who ask without finding fault and it will be given to you see god can actually help you be wise but maybe he's not the first place you check when you're looking for a wise choice maybe that's not the first place you look where do you look for wisdom I wish I could say that I always like, oh, I need to wake up wise watch decision. I get on my knees and I pray. I don't. I don't. I'm trying to get better at that. I'm trying to ask God and seek guidance from the Bible, but I don't. But I do my best to try to find godly counsel. I'll do things like call my dad. My dad's a godly man. I love to ask him questions like, what do you think I should do? I got a good, good group of friends that I talk to. Uh, and so that's some good things. Maybe, maybe you've got people like that. Maybe there are authors and mentors that you call on when you need to make a decision. Maybe when it's time to make a decision, you don't seek wisdom. You know, a lot of people in our world just kind of float through life going, oh, whatever. Like that's the, the, the unanimous decision of a large part of this generation is whatever. Whatever happens is cool with me. See, I believe that we can find so much wisdom in what God has for us. And that God says, listen, just ask for it and I'll give it to you. So you got your cookies by now. Here's what I want to do. Let's all open them together. Oh, I didn't get one. Man, it's all right. This is awesome. It sounds like rain. Yes, thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Give it up for Aaron, the cookie delivery man. Are you, to, are you supposed to tip the guy who gives you fortune cookies? I don't know. Open mind. All right, so uh, do what you do with fortune cookies. You break out a little piece of paper. And uh, we got it on the screen here. I think you might have seen it just a second ago, too. Uh, let's read this together, okay? You ready? We're gonna read this together. We're gonna. To you had some practice earlier for the baby celebration service, so you had practice reading in unison. Let's try this, and we're gonna read it all the way through. And that word, P R O V, we're just gonna say the word proverbs, okay? And the last part is hashtag wisdom. It's not number sign wisdom. It's not pound wisdom. That was 1956, okay? It's 2015. That is a hashtag. Um, all right, here we go. It's all right. Like that was a year. It's an okay year. It, like it wasn't an insult. That was a year. Um, here we go. Let's do this. we got to go. Ready, set, go. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 1, 7, hashtag wisdom. This right here might be Facebook status for the rest of the week after we get t- talking about it. Hashtag wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You know, I've gotten some pretty crazy messages from fortune cookies in my life. I have some of them. It's fun games you can play with those little pieces of paper. Maybe you know about some of them. Um, but when you get some of this information, it's like, I don't know that that's really wise. It's just kind of like, it's it's an idea, it's a thought. This is really good advice, and I want to unpack it some today. What we're going to do is we're going to unpack this passage, which actually is from the Bible, the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 7. And so if you've got a Bible with you today, break it out. You can actually uh, look at it on your phone, so turn your Bible on, scroll down if you want to. If you don't have a Bible with you today, we give them away for free. Maybe there's one under your seat. You can have that one, or grab one before you leave today, but it'll also be on the screen. Let's see where this little nugget of wisdom comes from. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We're actually going to be looking at the uh, the very beginning of the book of Proverbs. We're going to start in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 1 and just read the very first little sentence there. So if you want to keep turning there, please do. And also it will be on the screen. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. That's how the book starts. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And so this book starts out by identifying maybe the author. That's kind of how a lot of books do in the Bible. Solomon was the son of a famous king named david uh we actually spent a lot of time talking about king david about three weeks ago do you remember that the week that we talked about uh the big dumpster outside your house and and uh the idea of of uh having a change of heart that leads to a change of mind we learned a lot about that from david david was this great king and he built this great kingdom the nation of israel it was a very prosperous kingdom then he has this son named solomon solomon expands his father's kingdom Solomon is very wealthy. Solomon has a lot going on for him. And this is actually not a teaching uh, on Solomon. We could actually do that probably later. That would be really interesting to do. But we're going to learn a few things about Solomon as we go through this book, Proverbs, that he left behind. See, there's one thing you really need to know about Solomon. And that's this. uh, Solomon wasn't a perfect king. In fact, he made a lot of mistakes. Solomon probably made as many or more mistakes than most of the kings in the Old Testament. Because one thing Solomon did was try to figure out life by himself. Now, I don't want to bash Solomon too much. He actually left us a lot to learn from. But here's what I know about a guy like that. When you make mistakes, you can learn a lot of lessons. And despite all of his mistakes, God did something pretty awesome for Solomon. There's a passage in the Bible that we read that says that Solomon was the wisest man to ever live. And that was actually a blessing from God to Solomon. God said, all right, you got this life experience Let's put it to good use. Let's make it wisdom. And so what he does is he passes on this wisdom in the book of Proverbs. That's just the very first verse. Then he gives us in verse 2 kind of a synopsis of what the book's about. So this is going to set us up for the rest of this whole series. In Proverbs chapter 1, starting at verse 2, he says this book is for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and prudent behavior, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, So he says, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding Proverbs and parables and sayings and riddles of the wise. So these verses that we're looking at right here on the screen, they're kind of like uh, you've ever gone to Barnes & Noble or a bookstore and you saw a book that was interesting. Maybe the cover was interesting. So you open up to that inside leaf on the inside and it gives you like a summary of who the author, author is or what the book's about. That's what these paragraphs are. It's a description. It's a short understanding of what the book of Proverbs is all about. And it's a pretty awesome. Listen to these things. For getting wisdom and instruction, understanding, insight, prudence, knowledge, guidance. Could anybody use some of that? Yeah, these are really good things. And so this is kind of an a, a instruction manual for everyday life. An instruction manual specifically for making wise choices and having wise living. It's practical. And it's something that can affect us every single day. Learning how to behave, how to do what's right, how to be fair, how to be discerning. And so then we've gone through the first six verses. And then we land on verse 7. Verse Seven kicks off kind of the thesis passage for the entire book let 's check it out. Proverbs one verse seven it says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. that sound familiar That was, that was the message that was on your fortune cookie. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. You might notice that part of the passage is missing from your fortune cookie. It's because the company only lets you do 70 characters on the paper. So you to choose. So you got like the best half of the verse, I guess. Here's the thing that I know. Foolishness is easy. I mean, come on. Like, being a fool, being a complete moron, an idiot, that's really easy. I, if you want me to sit and talk to you for like four hours, did you hear my friends? Like, Chris can tell a story about a time when he was a dummy. Like, I will do that all day long. Foolishness is easy. It's maybe... Uh, it's, it's easy to, to, to spot, it's even easier to do, but wisdom, wisdom takes work. Wisdom, wisdom is a diligent effort, and it requires these things, guidance, instruction, discernment. And so, that's where we're going to be today, and that's where we're going to be for the rest of these three weeks, is understanding what does it mean to discover wisdom at the foot of someone who experienced life in a way that we can learn from. Now, I know that not all of us in this room have the same view on God. Uh, the more I hang out with our church community, I, I see this really cool, uh, not a division at all, but kind of a dichotomy, how we have two different kind of places and worldviews that our group is coming from. And I love it because it's what we've hoped for, it's what we've played, prayed for, it's what we had uh, asked God to bless us with, and that's this. There's a large percentage of you who are all about God and Jesus and church, and then there's a percentage of you who are kind of like, I'm just checking this out. I'm trying to find out what this God thing is all about for me. And many of you are making some big leaps and some big steps in that process. And a lot of you might be in a place right now where you're like, you know, I'm not even sure there is a God. And there's also a group of you who are probably like, you know, I'm willing to admit that there is a God, but I'm not completely convinced that he cares about me or really cares what I do in life. Here's the thing about that. I don't think you could learn from anyone better than this guy, Solomon. Because Solomon spent a great deal of his life going, I can do life without God. Solomon wrote the book of of Proverbs. He also wrote another book in the Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes. It happens right after the book of Proverbs if you're flipping chronologically through your Bible or just flipping through an order of the books in the Bible. The book of Ecclesiastes is kind of a, a journal that Solomon kept. Because here's the thing. Solomon was a man of many resources. And he decided to apply all of those resources in the pursuit of finding a life that matters. In the pursuit of peace and happiness and joy. And so, for example, he found it with people. He's like, I'm just going to invest my life with people. I'm going to surround myself with people. I'm going to try to ha- find happiness and joy in that. And, and that didn't really fulfill him completely. And so then he said, you know what? I'm going to find it in wealth and money. This dude was rich. He was like Bill Gates rich. So he had inexhaustible resources. And he just applied them to trying to find happiness in his life. And he's like, that's just not. It's not working. So then it turns out that Solomon was very brilliant. So he applied himself to science and thinking and this idea of philosophy. And, and, you know, this guy was smart. If you read through the book of Ecclesiastes and Proverbs and just some of the things he does, he addresses scientific principles that are hundreds of years ahead of their time. Why? Because he was smart. But after he looked at all that, he said, I, I don't know. I'm not finding happiness and fulfillment in that either. He did it in investing in property. He did it in relationships and romance and loving. Let me tell you, this dude did, did some loving, okay? Uh, if you know about Solomon, let me, let me tell you about him. He had 1,000 wives and concubines. Let's talk about foolish. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. 1,000 romantic relationships. And there are some of us, I think, who thought, if I could just have one more relationship, one more romance, it would just make my life complete. All it did was complicate his life. And so item after item after item, item Solomon finds himself like, I'm just not finding the peace that I'm looking for. And so he writes it all down in the book of Ecclesiastes. And we get to the, chapter 12, verse 13. It's at the very end of Ecclesiastes. And this is his conclusion. As he's done all this research and all this living, Ecclesiastes 12:13 says this. It says, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. This is the conclusion of a guy who pursued everything in life, including running away from God and pursuing other gods and false gods and selfishness. And at the end of it all, he says, yeah, here's the conclusion of the matter. The best thing we can do is just fear God and keep his commandments. Now, on the one hand, that sounds kind of dark and like, "Ah, that doesn't sound exciting. Like, I don't want to be in fear of my life. Like, what is this idea of fearing God about anyway? Because then he lands in Proverbs and says... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. What does it mean to fear the Lord? I've got a friend who is a brand new Christian, and she was talking to me about this concept uh, just recently, and she said, I don't like the idea of having to be afraid of God. She said, the world is scary enough already. Why would I need to be afraid of God? Does that resonate with you? Does that make sense? I think that's a fair phrase. I mean, you don't have to look far to see that the world is a crazy, crazy, scary place. Things like, ISIS and Ebola, other things that are going through our world that terrify us. We've got national elections that take power out of our control. What do we do? You look at the economy, you look at lives in this city, and you just think, this is a scary place to live. You just watch the news for like five minutes. And so this question really resonates with me, like, why would God want me to fear him? There's enough to fear in the world already. But here's the thing. The fear of God isn't a paralyzing phobia of him. That's not what he's asking from us. It's about knowing who God is. It's about fearing him, not like a hated dictator, rather honoring him like a worthy king. Because nobody would walk into a king's palace, bust into his throne room, push him off the throne, and kick our feet up on, on his stool, right? We respect a king, and you walk in and you're reverent to him. It's about the reverent, awestruck state that hits you when you realize. The God of the universe cares about me. Wow. So he says, Fear me, because I'm God. I get the last word. So, fearing God doesn't have to be scary. But can I just say this? I need to step aside and say this. It can be. It can be, because we're on the wrong side of God. When we're on the wrong side of God, it should be terrifying. God is the sovereign ruler of the universe, the creator. I get it. Maybe you're still working through that concept. But if you land in that place, there's this amount of reverence and all that has to take place. I sold out my brother earlier. I told him about time. He snuck out of the house. Uh, I'll I'll take it back on myself now. Uh, I was in high school and I did a pretty dumb thing. Uh, I snuck out of the house one night, didn't tell my parents. And in my mind, I thought, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And I, I didn't tell my parents, and so I kind of got out the window. By the way, if you're like a teenager in the room right now, listen to this whole story. Not just the part where, like Chris said, he snuck out of the house. No, listen to the whole story, because the rest of you know where I'm going. I snuck out of the house, didn't tell my dad and my mom where I was going, and I went off to hang out with a friend, and and uh, they lived way out in the country, and so I took my truck out, and we just drove, and and... Pulled to their yard. And we're just sitting there. We weren't even doing anything bad. In my mind, I was like, you know, I don't want to bother my parents and wake them up. It'd be inconvenient. They're probably sleeping good right now. You know, we're not going to get in any trouble anyway. Like, they're fine with me going to this person's house. Like, we're friends. So I just go out there and I rationalize in my head, while wow, this is okay. What I didn't know is that, I don't know what time it was, middle of the night. My dad had gotten up. I don't know. Get a drink. Go to the bathroom. I don't know. And he stuck his head in my room. And he saw that no one was in my bed. And he does what any parent worth their salt would do. He totally freaks out. <laughs> he starts calling on my friends and waking up their parents in the middle of the night. This is before cell phones when everybody just had a cell phone. What's the only thing? You wake up the whole neighborhood. That's how you find your kid in the middle of the night. Nobody knew where I was. So he gets in his car and he just starts driving. I don't know what he was thinking at the time. I don't know if there was like this like scientific matrix he was working through in his head. Like, okay, we'll do this quadrant in this area. And like, but he just starts driving. What's the most likely place my son will be? I don't know how long he drove. I do know this. One moment, I was sitting in my car talking to my friend, hanging out. The next moment, I looked up and recognized the headlights of my dad's car pulling into the driveway. And something gripped me. Fear. This verse says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That night, I began to understand something about my dad. He wanted to know where I was. He cared about me. He was ticked off. But for good reason. Because he didn't know where I was. He didn't know what I was up to. He, You know what I love? I learned about my dad that night. That he cares about me. And that he loves me. That night I began to understand my dad's sense of justice. My dad's sense of compassion My dad's sense of love, I began to understand discipline. (laughs) Listen to this. I learned that I was wrong. And in doing so, I gained wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You follow me now? When we begin to see the world as God sees it, when we begin to see our actions as God sees them, at first it might just grip you like fear messed up dad's pulled into the driveway and it should so what are we supposed to do at that moment well as a teenager i should have submitted to the authority of my dad and i did in fact i I did learn from that and uh and and the relationship i've built my dad since then has been great and i learned also as a parent different ways to deal with things from the ways that i learned the, the love of my dad but as a human being At the feet of Almighty God, what should I do? i got to realize that He's King. Bow down. That's the lesson. He's King. Bow down. We're told to have this fear of the Lord, but it's not because God is bad. It's not because He wants to hurt us. God's not a terrorist. There are real terrorists out there, and God's not one of them. We should fear because He's so great. Because He's beyond us. Because He is authority. Because he's perfect in beauty. Because he's supreme in justice. He's God. And so we're called to live in reverent awe of him. He's king. Bow down. And this is wisdom. And failure to do so is foolishness. Because living this way, it can help us start to learn to live an even better life. Not only is he to be feared, but he loves us. And he wants what's best for us. And listen, not only does he want what's best for us, he knows what's best for us. Why? He made us. I know how you work. I know your innermost being. I designed you. Please listen to me. I love that Solomon kicks off this book, this wisdom literature, with this passage. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Because there's this fundamental principle that we can wrap our mind around. What I want to do kind of as we wrap up today is, is, is answer kind of this question that I, I battled through this week. And I hope that it helps you. Why is the fear of the Lord the beginning of knowledge? Like I get it. Okay, fear of the Lord the beginning of I get it. But why? I think there's some actual mechanical things that happen in our brain that make that possible. And so I'm going to give you two of them. If you're someone who writes down notes, these are two things you can write down. The first is this. Why? Why is fearing God the beginning of knowledge first? Because fearing God makes us humble ourselves. Fearing God makes us humble ourselves. See, we see ourselves in the light of who God is. Therefore, we are forced to humble ourselves. Because, I mean, he's him and I'm me. Do you hate hanging out with arrogant people? I do. You know who else hates that? God. God. God's guy's like, I can't stand it when you act like you know everything. be like me going to a nuclear physicist down at the GE plant and be like, let me tell you about nuclear physics. I, uh, I read a Wikipedia article this week, so I'm good to go. Like, that's idiot. That's, that's, that's foolishness. The guy looks at me like, all right. Because the fear of the Lord helps us to humble ourselves. We realize our pray, place. Solomon learned this lesson too. Let's look at some Proverbs he wrote about this. This is Proverbs 11, verse 2. He says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But... When humility comes, there's wisdom. It's deep. He wrote also in Proverbs 16, 18 through 19, he said, Pride goes before destruction. Your grandma probably used to say this to you. Pride comes before the fall. Like my grandma used to always say that. And I was like, oh, that's from the Bible. I thought you just made that up. <laughs> Pride goes before destruction. A haughty sport spirit before a fall. Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Solomon learned this lesson through life he said man if you're the lord teaches me to humble myself you know i know about humble people humble people rarely regret what they say think about what i just said humble people rarely regret what they say why because they don't feel any reason to mouth off at anybody they're just like i mean i know my place there's no reason for me to get in the way humble people rarely make purchases that they regret why because they're not walking through the store and going, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. They're like, I'm, I'm thinking. This place of humility is this amazing place to find wisdom. And here's the other thing I love about humble people humble people can make huge mistakes and then own up to them. Yeah, I messed up. And that's what God honors more than anything. Just turn to me. Just, just turn to me. Admit that you've messed up and turn to me. In humility, we find this level of wisdom. But it begins with the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord leads us to humbling ourselves. So that's the first thing I think, the why. Why does fear of the Lord lead us to knowledge? I think it because it helps us humble ourselves. Here's the second thing. Secondly, fearing God makes us trust Him. Fearing God makes us trust Him. Because once I learn that I can be, be humble, I recognize His position. You're God. Therefore, you're able. You can handle this. You got this. I can trust God. I can trust God over my own discernment. I can trust God over my own thoughts, over my own desires, over my friends' opinions and my family and over culture. I can trust God because he's God, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It humbles me, therefore I can trust him. Solomon learned this lesson too. He's a powerful guy, Solomon. Okay, I want you to understand this. But these are the words of Solomon. He says in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, probably one of the most famous verses in the whole Bible, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Let me read that again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do you trust God? Are you working on it? Are you trying? Or are you trying to lean on your own understanding? I got this. I can tell you from experience that life is so much easier when I get myself out of the way and I try to seek the wisdom that God has for me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's not about fearing him like a hateful dictator. It's about honoring him as a respected king. He's king, bow down. And we do that, catch this guys, we do that. We bow down by living a life for Jesus. I want to share with you a passage that was written by the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church that's in Philippi. Uh, and he's writing this message to them about kind of the sovereignty of God. And to say, listen, Jesus is God in the flesh. And he, God came down. He put on human skin. And he came to live a life down here so that he could relate with us. And he could show us the path back to God. That's the story of Jesus in a nutshell. And this is what he says about Jesus and God's place for him in the kingdom. He says, therefore, God exalted him, Jesus, To the highest place. And gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Every knee would bow. On heaven and on earth. And under the earth. And every tongue. Acknowledge. That Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. See everyone will eventually bow down to Jesus. But the wise. Will do it now in this life. The wise will say I see the authority. I see who you are. I want to bow down. And I want to live that life that you have. And it's not just about living in fear. It's not just about saying, oh, I just need to be in my corner, in my bedroom, be like biting on my fingernails because God's so terrible. It's about going, Jesus has given me a fresh start. And I can go to Him in humility and say, listen, I've messed up. Give me a do over. And Jesus says, You got it. That's what grace is for, that's what my love does. You know, we're going to be in this book for about three more weeks. And as we do so, I, I want to challenge you to do something. In fact, here's my thing. I, I dare you. I dare you. Okay, you ready? In fact, I triple dog dare you. You know what that means. I triple dog dare you to seek wisdom. And I want to give you three really practical ways to do it this week. The first one is this. first one is this. Memorize a verse each week. And we're going to make it easy for you. As a group, we're going to do this. The verse that I want to suggest that you memorize this week is Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Here's the thing. You might have already memorized it this morning. For the course of this four-week series, I want to give you one verse every week, and I want to ask you and challenge you and triple-dog dare you to memorize it. Because there's going to be times this week that kind of come up, and you're going to go, what should I do? What should I do? And then you go, what would God have me do? And then you're on to something. That's the first challenge. Memorize a verse each week. Second one's a little bit more serious. Okay. Here's the second one. Read a chapter each day. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. And coincidentally, there are about 30 to 31 days in an average month. Unless it's February. Because that's just weird. I don't know why we do that. It's got something to do with like astrology and Nicholas Copernicus and the sun and helium. I don't know. There's reasons. But in the course of a month... Check this out. If you read one chapter of the book of Proverbs every day, you'd be done with the book of Proverbs every month. You double up on the 30th when there's only 30 days in the month. And this is the cool thing. Because there are books of uh, chapters of Proverbs and wisdom, you don't have to actually read it linear, all of it. Some of them go together, chapter by chapter, but a lot of them, like you can take one chapter and it's a standalone. So today is the 10th. Later today, I challenge you. This is my triple dog dare. Open to Proverbs chapter 10 and read it. It's not very long. I sat in one sitting this week and I read half of the book of Proverbs in a short amount of time. It's not, it's not a very long book. And if you do that every day, I will tell you what. What you pour into yourself will begin to pour out. The wisdom of God will begin to come out of you. So that's my big challenge for you. Read, uh, memorize a verse each week. Read a chapter each day. And then here's the one that it really hits home. Number three. Learn to trust God in each moment. That's the hardest one. That's the hardest one. Some of you guys just graduated or you finished up a semester of school at UNCW or Cape Fear or somewhere else. And you've got to begin making these decisions like, what do I do right now? How do I make this decision for the rest of my life? Some of you are in dating relationships and you're alone with your uh, significant other and and you're like, how do I make decisions right now to have a God-honoring relationship right now? Every moment, a lot of you are parents. And sometimes your kids drive you absolutely bonkers. And in that moment, you want to flip out on them. How would I show the love of God in this moment and not just show how ticked off I am? In every moment. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. And my challenge is that you try to seek it in every moment. And here, know this. If you don't do it perfectly, that's what Jesus' grace is all about. As we do this for the rest of this month, guys, I hope that we can become a community of people who are living that hashtag wisdom lifestyle. And so as you do this, remember the fortune cookie in your pocket, take that, put it in your dashboard, your car, your mirror, your bathroom, wherever wherever you post stuff. And remember that it's not just about being a smart aleck. It's not just about knowing all and having all the answers. It's about being able to make decisions that honor God so that in turn he can be glorified. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Let's be wise. Can I pray for you guys? Lord, we love you so much, and I just uh, am thankful to have the opportunity to share your word with, with people every week, and you know, it's, it's your words, not mine, and sometimes I get in the way, and, um, and I try to share my words, and so I just pray that each week you continue to let be heard what it is that you have for each person's, uh, each person's mind and in their heart. Um, Lord, as we learn from Solomon over the next several weeks, I just pray that we can be uh, a people that are opening, open to learning from other people's mistakes. Instead of just trying to make all of our own. Um, I thank you this morning for several things, God. I thank you for our moms. I know my mom poured a lot of wisdom into me. And, and not everyone in this room maybe has uh, that, that opportunity to have a mom in their life the way that you might traditionally think of it, God. But I thank you for the parents, the dads, the uncles and aunts and, and uh, caretakers in the lives of our children and in our own lives. And I pray that um, we can just lift one another up we can listen to wise things and shoot that maybe some parents can learn some things from some kids too lord also thank you that we have the opportunity to celebrate what you did for us as we're about to take some communion right now with you i just pray uh, that we can focus our mind towards serving you That we can recognize that you're king and bow down I pray us in Jesus' name